up, everybody? Welcome back to the No Gimmicks Podcast here on the DFPN. And we got a great show for you guys tonight. This is probably going to be a great debate going on here tonight. To help us out with what we got going on tonight, we had a special guest come in helping us out, Mr. Mike Mueller. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. No problem, man. Thank you for your time tonight. And also, my co-host, the fabulous one, Frankie D. How are you doing, sir? Hey, listen, man, as long as, um, you know, I mean, even though Honky Talks Man's record has been broken, he did christen me the fabulous one, so I'm still too sweet and I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm copacetic tonight, sir. How about you? I am I am doing wonderful. I am doing wonderful. We got we got some good stuff to talk about tonight. But before we get into the show, uh, normally we are in the confines of Patreon. Since we have a guest tonight, we figured we'd come outside those confines, give you guys this show live here on the book, on YouTube, everywhere that we're outside of it. So normally we're on that Patreon. So follow us on Patreon dot com slash that feeling podcast to tune in with us live don't forget to subscribe to the band camp also that feeling.bandcamp.com and we also have the merch it's laundry day for me so i'm not rocking it tonight so but uh we do have merch available at the teespring go to teespring.com slash and search for that feeling podcast or teespring.com slash that feeling podcast what is up to Mr. Jeff Fountain? Now, fellas, uh, before we also before we get started, let me give a special shout out to uh BCP, the Bob Culture Podcast, and BCP Plus. Uh, we are now the sponsors of BC, BCP Plus, as well as the USDN. So uh make sure you guys go check them out. Shout out to Rob over at, at the Bob Coach Podcast, all those guys over there, uh, Kimmy, you, Mike, because you are you are a contributor to the BCP family. So thank you for coming over and uh, sharing your time. But shout out to those guys, man. Awesome folks, man. For sure. Now, let's get into the show. Uh, y'all know what the big talk is. <laughs> you know what the big talk is right now. Jay Cargill, officially, it was announced yesterday, First on ESPN that she had signed a multi-year deal with the WWE and then the WWE confirmed that post with the post of their own. So it's official. Jay Cargill is now in the WWE. How are we feeling about it? Frank D, what's your thoughts? I mean, congratulations to her that she decided to Take a chance. You know, she tried out, I believe I said back in 2019 before she ever got to AEW. So for her to actually go and pursue it and be treated as a big star and a big deal, like I told you, man, in the post, nobody is going to outdo the WWE when it comes to hyping up stuff and when they want to bring us money in. And it's basically kind of like a big F you to AEW, in my opinion, that they could bring her in, and put her on the big stage and the big platform. And the fact that she is talking like a WWE superstar, she says, you know, already when I was that when I was down there, you know, I trained with the Daniel the Daniel Bryans, not Brian Danielson. I trained with the Daniel Bryans. You know what I'm saying? But he came <laughs> from here. So already I'm like, oh, look at her. You're not calling her by Brian Danielson. You're going Daniel Bryan. 
So you already pretty much know where this is going. So I think it's a good move. I, I think, like I said, you know, they have – the women don't get no focus, in my opinion. And mm. I think now with somebody else coming in, it's going to be a fresh face. You're going to have fresh matches. Jay Cargill just looks like a superstar. She, it was like, you know, it's like the old saying, like they used to do back in the WCW days, a, a, a big fish in a small pond. That's mm. what Jay Cargill was to me in AEW. She's mm. not necessarily the best wrestler, but you don't have to be the best wrestler. It's all entertainment. It's it's basically, and she's going to find that out here in the WWE. Yeah. That's my thoughts on it. All right. Mike, what you got? Yeah, I think it's a smart move for her. She definitely is more of a sports entertainment type of uh, character than a pro wrestler, and AEW loves their pro wrestlers. And it was good for her to kind of like get her sea legs in AEW and try her out, but it was definitely one of those things where I think they needed to push her to the top. And was she in the ring? Was she ready to go 20 minutes with Britt Baker, Chris Statlander, or Ruby Soho? Probably not, but you don't need that. You don't need that from a star. She has the it factor she's got the look she's got the ability and she's green you can mold her into whatever you want i think this was definitely Mm. a huge dropping of the ball for aew to not capitalize on her i really thought that she was gonna i thought she was never gonna lose that tbs title and eventually this was going for like a title versus title sort of thing uh that's how i would have booked it and as soon as she lost as soon as she lost that title i was like man i don't really know what they're going to do with her then and then apparently they didn't know either and she jumped ship i think this is i think this is the right move for her and as long as they don't try to make her something that she's not which i don't think they will i think she's got a i think the sky is the limit for her i I can definitely see her main eventing a wrestlemania with someone like becky lynch or charlotte or asuka like she's got that level of talent for sure right you you immediately put her in those conversations absolutely upon entering and what's wild to me is that she hasn't had a match yet and the the level the level change that was from aw to wwe is significant is it's it's hugely significant that's what go ahead no and becky lynch already put a tweet out about her saying that she's a star right so you already got the endorsement from Becky Lynch, which is one of the biggest female, you know, wrestlers in the WWE. Mm-hmm. So I, I do agree. It, you know, we said this on the last show, and I've been saying this, you know, back and forth on Facebook. It's a huge, huge drop for for AEW. That's a huge loss for them because, oh, yeah, once again, definitely. it's another homegrown talent that you have lost to the other side. And what and, and it's crazy it's because the first real homegrown talent you've lost. Well, right. you put Cody in that, but but Cody, I mean, but Cody, but Cody came back, Cody, right. yeah. But right. you know, here's the thing: when it all comes down to what I've been reading about her situation, it all comes down to finances. If if Tony Khan would have given her what she wanted financially, I think she would have stayed. You know what I'm saying? But mm. I guess we'll see in a couple of years if it works out for her, not if she'll go back. Tony said the door is open for her to, to come back and she wants to come back. So that's just a smart move. Yeah. yeah. Don't, don't burn be, that bridge. Don't, yeah. You don't have to, you don't have that's to. That's a smart move by Tony. Yeah. Even though, even though I know this kills him. <laughs> oh I yeah. It. I know this kills him. Yeah. It kills bro. him, but then you, they kills him, but then you go, you can look at it like this. Okay. Tony, the one thing I like about Tony Khan, 
is Tony Khan is always looking to uh, up the end. He's always looking to, okay, they're doing something, I'm going to top them. It's basically, I, I mean, it's like, dude, it, it's a bad comparison, really, when you think about it, but in reality, it's kind of like the same thing. So when, when, whenever WWF would do something, WCW would do something to try to top them, right? Right. So you, if you're Tony Khan, they get Jay Cargo. Well, who do I gonna, who am I going to get? Mercedes. I'll bring her in because I'll take the, I'll take the focus it's off of Jay Cargill. Yeah, exactly. It's an even trade. Yeah. And, I like and, Mercedes, and Mercedes, I think, honestly, she's a bigger star than Jay Cargill right now. Because here's the thing. Right now, the, yeah. The, yeah. The AEW fans, they know Jay Cargill. But do the casual WWE fans know who Jay Cargill is? No, but they know no. because the ESPN story, right. they know who she is now. Right. So they're going be to be intrigued until she gets in the ring. You can't wrestle and all this other crap. You know how the way it's going to go. Yeah. You know, so yep. if she's hyped right, she's on the hype train right now. But we'll see where this goes in a couple months. Well, and I, I wanted to post something to you because it was because I didn't know that Becky Lynch tweeted that out. And I think that's very interesting because when Becky Lynch won the NXT championship, I thought that was a really strange move. Like Dom went in the North American. That made a little bit more sense. Becky went in the NXT. I was like, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense unless... Are you going to bring Jade into NXT first? Have her immediately go into a feud with Becky for that NXT championship? Becky could drop that NXT championship. It ain't going to hurt her. And now you've immediately put some shine on Jade. Do you think that's you know something why? that they would do? I, you know, I don't think so. Because here, here's the interesting thing about that. So mm. the Triple H, Triple H tweeted about Jade Cargill, right? Mm. But there's been no tweet from Shawn Michaels about Jade Cargill. If she was going to come the NXT route, you would think Shawn Michaels would be like, hey, welcome to the family and, and all that. Type. So I don't think so. Yeah. I think they're going to go with Jade right to the main roster. I think that they're probably thinking, listen, she's already had enough ring time in AEW. And, and you know, she wasn't ever on Rampage or, or um, you know, what was it, the Dark Show and all that stuff. So yeah. I think they're going to immediately jump her. You can't take a woman like this and, and, and say, oh, we're going to have a, a multi-million dollar whatever and, and all these multi-year deals with her to then bring her to NXT. That, I guess, but you know, like, but you just said that the, the casual WWE fan doesn't know who she is. So I don't think it's going to be. They're going to get to know. Who she is. I, and, I and, think. And, go ahead. No, I, I was going to say, it's, it, it's just, you know, I mean, a lot of people. So a lot of people didn't know who Solo Kosi Boston was out back in the day. You know True. what I mean? They just knew he was this dude from WCW or whatever. And they became a big, a big megastar. So it's kind of the same situation. The casual fans don't know who she is, but now they're intrigued to find out who she is, and you got to catch that momentum. And they've been posting stuff, like her in training in the Performance Center. They're building the story here. They're building the debut. So why, you're like, I'm not going to waste that on NXT, especially if we don't even know what the, the future of NXT is right now with the television deal. I'm going to go right to where it's going to be. That makes a lot of sense. That does make a lot of sense. Me, I, in, in my brain, I think it would have been a smarter move to her for her to get used to that system by putting her in NXT first, which to Mike's point, setting her up with Becky Lynch is a nice debut, no matter where you are. And if if it's to get her used to the system, she's still a star and she's coming in immediately holding the championship, carrying a division while learning the system. I think that would be the smarter move, but I wouldn't be mad to see her on, on the main roster first. I, I really wouldn't. Yeah, and I'm well, not... You know, 
Yeah, I'm, say, I'm, I'm not saying keep her in NXT for a year. I just right, mean like maybe right. you know, three months. Have Just get run. her used to the WWE style. Where are the cameras? You know, that exactly. she's got to learn all that. It's a whole exactly. new game, you know. Well, my, my thing, too, is is when I look at the investment here, I look at the, the television ratings here of who's watching the show. And the ratings for NXT are not up to the ratings of, say, Monday Night Raw or Friday Night SmackDown. So I want her to be in front of the biggest audience we got. I want her to, to, to debut. I'll debut her at a pay-per-view. Is what I would. I, that would be that would be the not, not some random Monday Night Raw. I want to just bring her out there and have her cut her promo or something, and just like, who is this woman? You know what I mean? Right. And immediately on her debut, is what I would do. On her debut, she beats the whoever the women's champion is, right there ooh, ooh, ooh. on the spot. On the spot. We haven't seen that since the hell. Change. The hell with this. The, the hell with this whole. Well, you know, we'll build them up. No, let her come in right away and smash somebody. And and let her go kind of do the same thing she did in AEW, where she was undefeated for a while. I think that might tell the story. Because what else they gonna do? Bring her in and squash her to like Nia Jax or somebody or you know what I mean? I'd love oh, to see no, her I, in, I think in, you in definitely have her coming hard. Yeah. I think you definitely have her come in hot and hard, and yeah. I don't hate that, oh, especially yeah. if you're having her take. I, I don't think I would have her do that to Rhea because I don't. I don't think that's good for Rhea. But I think Io Sky could do that, and it wouldn't kill her. So. I think you build to a Rhea. Yes, and there's your future right there. There's your WrestleMania match. Yeah, there's your there's your there's. Your I future. I so think the WrestleMania match honestly would would be Jade versus Ashtaroth with Flair. That's that's I, where I would go. Not mad at it. I just, don't hate it. I, yeah, that's that's what that's what I would do. Because like, I mean, Rhea, Rhea, I, and we talk about this all the time. Like, Rhea Ripley is, in my opinion, is miscast. Rhea Ripley is a babyface, and she, I've seen her interactions at the house shows with the little kids. There's a lot of kids and, and teenage girls that love Rhea Ripley, so yeah. she's seriously miscast mm-hmm. in her current. And she's and right now, honestly, she's stale because they they're not doing anything with her. They have nothing to do. So you bring well, she's, somebody she's like she's out a, right now with uh, her engagement. She's okay. Yeah, she's in Australia right now. She's hanging out with the kangaroos. Yeah, I'll copy that. Well, yeah. you know, then that would be the perfect time for her to come back. And um, same time, Jade Cargill debuts in Smasher and take the championship because you you lost hope. You took your eye off the ball, so you went over and got married or whatever. And that's kind of like. I don't know, man. You're kind of messing with our storylines because people know, like, I mean, you're supposed to have this thing going on with Dom, but now you, I mean, look, Randy Savage and Elizabeth actually got a separation, a legal separation when they were split up because Macho Man didn't want anybody to know that they were actually married in case somebody would go and check it out. So you're kind of messing with the storylines here, people. You know what I mean? So they kind of look, they kind of frown upon that kind of thing. So Punisher. It's love, man. It's love. You can't punish people for being in love. <laughs> oh man! So, I think Buddy Matthews is still under contract, bro, for a while. For oh, he's not going anywhere. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, speaking of that, so, so there's there's wild speculation on who may be next to follow because. Mm. I got yeah. a, I got an idea. Who you follow who you, from AEW to WWE? Yeah. yeah, who's who's next to make the jump? Uh, Ricky Sarks. You think so? Yep. 
<laughs> I think he would do very well in WWE. I, I think he's got that sports entertainer in him. He's close to he's close to Cody, just like Jay Cargo is close to Cody. Yeah, he yeah. basically said that that was one of her reasons to come was was Cody. And I'll tell you another one too. If he's smart, he'd go Wardlow. Yeah, I, I think so. I think so too. I think Wardlow's the option right now. It's I I think so. I've for a while I don't know what his contract's like, but for a while I thought Hobbs was tailor made for WWE. Oh, uh, that's another one. Yeah. That's another one. Yeah, Hobbs was my choice, but given that Wardlow's off TV and they've dropped the ball on him several times, I wouldn't be surprised to see him go over there. And he, would, I think, he would do very, very well in WWE. He, Bro, they, they, they'll, they'll make him into the second coming of Batista. Wardlow was supposed to be that in AEW. Yeah, it's like what? you do this whole story with MJF, you finally beat MJF, and then they do nothing with him, and nothing. then they give him the trashiest shittiest music I ever heard. And it's like <laughs> like nothing. It's like I thought the interest was kind of cool, him being backstage and the camera falls no matter whatever. I'm like, okay, they got something here. And then they, they beat the dude. And I'm like, and then the dude cuts his hair. And I'm like, what what is going on here? Yeah. And I'm like, what are y'all doing? Actually, so the hair thing I got, but I got it way after the fact because they brought it back and he explained it. And I was like, okay, that's a really good reason. But still, after that, like, they had nothing for him. And I, I hate it for him because he had built up such an audience and he was coming on. And then it was like, he's done. And it, and it was organic. It was organic right, with him. Right. It wasn't forced. He was right. not supposed to be that guy. But exactly. once you see that he is that guy, you got to run with it. You have to. Yeah, and they don't. It's I and think it they was, have this was, idea and they don't pivot. It was like and for AEW is I'm going to put this on the fans. Even in the case of Jade, bro, like you had something and then you kind of cool off on it. AEW fans, the the hardcores are like that. It's like they stick with something for a minute and then they cool off on it. it. It's like they have ADHD. Like it's hot for a second and then it's not. And Tony Khan pays attention to that. Now I got to disagree with you on that because here, here's where it comes down to. If you are watching AEW, if you're watching the AEW show and you're expecting to see somebody and that person is gone week after week after week. Then when uh, it comes back, you're saying. you don't have, like, it's not the same anymore. The same affinity you know I mean? is not. It, it, exactly. It, it's, it's not. not yeah, I get you. Yeah. It's, yeah. Because, it, like, what, what am I cheering? What, where the hell you been? And it's like, you got to keep starting over. It's like a start, push, stop, push, start, push, stop, push. And Tony Khan is notorious for recycling guys, like, you know, taking them off here, then bringing them back later on. And it's like, it doesn't make any sense. It's like the people that I want right. to see. They're never on a damn show. And then the people that I don't want to see, they're here every week. And I think that's why I like Collision because it's Oh, you still much... watch it? No, it's uniform for the most part. But yeah, Collision is actually still a great show. <laughs> it actually Well, is. no, I'm just saying because when, when Sam Punk, they said it was going to be the end of the show. So I'm saying you still watch it. Yeah. Okay. It's, actually, I think it's still a better show than Dynamite. For yeah, sure. it really is. It really is. I love Nitro. <laughs> it really is. Hey, that's not an insult to me. I, I no, love it. Not. Uh, yeah, no, I take it's it. not. Yeah, no. I take it. I've been saying that. Since, I've been saying that since day one. When when the logo first came out, 
I say, dude, the Sam logo is WCW Nitro. <laughs> yeah. Time. Yeah. I right. thought for sure they should have called it explosion instead of collision. Just go all in on well, the whole nitro thing. Well, the problem is that you know TNA had the explosion show. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. Still on the rights. Yep. Mm. But no, yeah, I will. Man. I will say though, Kevin, I do agree. I'm more on your side where it's. I feel like in general, AEW fans are more concerned with being the smartest person in the room. than enjoying the product is I feel like whenever I talk to someone that's like, because I love both. I love both. I love pro wrestling for what it is. I'll, if it's entertaining, I'll watch it. I don't care. I don't have brand loyalty, but I feel like the people that are truly like all about AEW is superior to WWE. Those are the ones that I feel are more concerned with reading dirt sheets and being like, yep, see, it was right. I told you. And like, yeah. just enjoy the product. Like, like yeah. I'm, I'm all about like be an edu- be an educated fan. Know your stuff. But like at the end of the day, we all like this because we were kids. And when we were kids, we weren't concerned about being right. We were concerned about being entertained by the product. And as, as long as you can keep me entertained, I don't really care if I know where it's going. As long as it's entertaining and it's cohesive and it makes sense. And I feel like whenever I talk with AEW fans, they're more concerned about predicting what the next step is versus celebrating the product. I don't feel like they celebrate the product. Like with this whole J thing. That could just be my friends too. My friends. I was like, look at what you had though. Look at what you had. Oh yeah. But look at the way that she was treated by the AEW fans. AEW fans were not pro with Jade Cardgill. They aren't. No. And, and you look at it and you go, why not? Yeah. Is she the, the, the typical AEW wrestler? Probably not. But why is that a bad thing? Like diversity right. is good. Have a, have a wide cast, have your monsters, have your cruiserweights, have all that. Like if you want every single match to be like a young bucks, Kenny Omega style match, that gets boring to me. Like I don't quick. care how many flips this is quick. So have a few monsters. Can they do all the cool spots? Not really, but if you can put them in good stories and if they can hold your attention and if they can make you go, wow, who is that? It's not a bad thing. Yep. You don't Never. have to do. You don't have to do Canadian destroyers off the top rope every match. Every match to be good. You know. I don't know. You know that that whole thing. I you know you you brought up there a little while ago. Um, you know when we were younger, and I remember growing up, I didn't give a shit about TV ratings and all that. It that didn't matter to me. Right. That that whole thing actually started really in the mid nineties during the Monday Night War. That's when that started. That's when, that's when you saw, um, and and it really, honestly, it, it started, it really started WCW when Eric Bischoff would take shots at at yeah. Raw and would yeah. give away the results to Raw, and then Vince came back with the you know the Huxer and the Nacho Man, all that stuff. <laughs> that's when you saw the the tide turning. Where okay, now people started looking at smart smart Mark fans had always been there, right? Sure, but. They were starting to get more prevalent during that time frame, especially the ECW Smart Mark fans. Oh yeah, they were starting. To, so so it, it really morphed into what we have now. And then when we talk about Canadian destroyers, you know, every single match off that type of work rate, it it really was the spot fest work rate really started in WCW during the cruiserweight division, and it yeah. got amped up even more in the X division in TNA. 
That's yeah. when you started seeing because you know PD Williams was the first one I ever saw do a Canadian Destroyer. It was his move. Yeah. So you know then you started seeing all the spots. You know uh, AJ Styles is doing shit, Christopher Daniels, whatever. Even Skipper did the, the the cage walk. You know America's Most Wanted. Yeah. That's when you started seeing that type of stuff, and it and it just morphed into what we have today, where it's more about work rate and ratings than it is being a fan and paying attention to the to the show. Yeah. I agree. I couldn't, have, couldn't have said it better myself. Definitely agree. Definitely agree. And then, like you said, you got Dave Meltzer out there. You know, any doesn't matter what. I mean, how the hell does Kurt Angle not have any five star matches? One, not one. You're out, you out of your rabbit ass mind. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you got you oh, that's a six star. Oh, that's a seven star right there. But Kurt it, Angle don't have one five star match, bro. Like seriously. Star ratings and the PWI 500 are the biggest. Just I, can oh, we be no. can we be vulgar on the show? Oh yeah, fucking yeah. They're the they're the they're the biggest jerk off fest that there is. Like it doesn't mean anything. It means nothing. And people try to put yep. so much stock in it. It's one dude's opinion, and it's that dude giving credit to his friends and the people that pay him and do all that stuff to get the attention. It doesn't mean anything. It holds no water. It could. Yep. If the criteria wasn't so fucking wonky, like the criteria. Well, yeah, if it was, if there was any objectivity to it, I'd be down. But you're going to tell me, like, in what world? I'm sorry, and I'm, I'm a Seth Rollins fan, but in what world is Roman Reigns not the number one wrestler in, in the world right now? Like, any not list even that-, that you had MJF at number six. I'm like, yeah. okay. Yeah, wasn't, <laughs> wasn't, uh, wasn't Viking ahead of him? Yes. Like, wasn't he number five? Yes. Like, and nothing like, against Viking, crazy. but yeah, it's just, yeah, it means no. nothing. I think when it comes down to, to, to Seth Rollins, Seth Rollins actually wrestled more than Roman Reigns. So, oh, by I a mean, lot. You yeah, know what I mean? So, but, but Roman, but Ro, listen, Roman Reigns is like, yeah, Roman Reigns is like the biggest star in WWE. Yeah. But Roman Reigns' story arc was carried by the supporting cast. Which was the Usos, which was Sami Zayn, which was uh, Solo, KO, all these different people. It's just not Roman. Roman Reigns on his own. That's kind of like, eh, you know what I mean? But Roman in there with his family and the family drama, that's what's carried this shit. Oh, yeah, it's the story. But yeah, but that's the thing. It's the best story in wrestling. Yeah. Well, it was. It was. It's getting, it's, it's getting, Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, true. All right, so let's move on. So we had we had a list, two actually, that we had to get into tonight. So let's go ahead and top off our first list, and that is our top five pay-per-views. Now, if you're watching the show, if you're watching it with us live, we'll give you a second while we while we start going over ours. Come up with your top five. Feel free to post them in the comments, and uh, we'll put them in there. But we had our top five pay-per-views. We kind of went over this one, and then we'll go into our top five superstars or wrestlers of all time. But top five pay-per-views, I'll pass it to you, Mike. What you got? All right, so number five for me is uh, the only kind of recent one on my list. It's Double or Nothing 2019. I think it's probably the and AEW that – knock them all you want they put on great pay-per-views to me this was the best one just because i felt like there was the most 
amount of stories going into those matches and specifically the story and the match of Cody and Dustin. I'm, I'm, I'm a mark for anybody, Fire. any roads. Uh, and that match to me, like that's, I, I got goosebumps thinking about it. So like, that's a match that I've probably in the recent years, the one I've gone back and watched the most. So that put on, I put that on my list for number five, uh, number four, I've got Survivor Series 1989 as a kid. That was the video that I rented from uh, Family Video the, and uh, Blockbuster and Hollywood the most times. I just love it. It's, you know, it was before, like, there were no stakes. It was just four on four. Uh, Rude's Brood versus Rowdy's Rowdy's. You had Zeus in there. Uh, you had Powers of Pain, which is someone that I always marked out for for no good reason, but I loved him. Uh, and I just, I yeah, that's probably the one I've watched the most uh, in my life, so I had to put that on the list. Number three, I've got SummerSlam 2002. That's just a card that is absolutely stacked. And 2002 is one of those years that it's sort of, it's one of those in-between years. It's post-Attitude Era. It's pre-Ruthless uh, um, Aggression Era. And so it was sort of interesting where it was like they were kind of finding themselves and redefining themselves. Mm-hmm. And the the talent that was carrying them for the last five years was meeting the talent that was going to be taking center stage over the next five years. So I love that one. Number two is Halloween Havoc 96. Again, that's one that, that hits my heart. I was not an NWO guy. I was a four horseman guy through and through. So I, I hated, I hated the NWO, (laughs) hated the NWO and Hogan just got the title and Savage was my guy. And I'm like, there is no way that Hogan's going to beat Savage again. Uh, I still wasn't over WrestleMania five, the greatest injustice in WrestleMania history. Uh, But there was a bunch of great matches on that undercar. That was Malenko and Mysterio. Yeah. Just a bunch of good stuff going on there. Uh, But for me, the number one, uh, wrestling pay-per-view of all time is Royal Rumble 1992, not just for the Royal Rumble match, which was phenomenal. And Bobby and gorilla on commentary was absolutely fantastic, but that undercard was great. You had Owen and Anvil versus uh, the Orient express. That was a banger match. You had Roddy Piper and Mountie, which whatever, but Roddy Piper gets his first uh, singles championship in the WWF. That was so cool to see that happen. Uh, Natural Disasters, Beverly Brothers was just fun. Like, it's just a great, like that, those three hours fly by. And then when you get to that actual Rumble match for the WWF championship, I only, it's only happened twice in the history of uh, WWE. And then just the list of people, like you look at most Royal Rumbles, you're like, okay, there's two or three, maybe four guys that could win it. You look at that, you had like six, seven guys that could win it. You the had suggestions coming in. The unpredictability. You look at the last 10 guys in there, you're like, any of them could win it. And it was just awesome. And then, of course, the commentary puts it over the top. And Bobby Heenan is the greatest of all time. And that was that's his shining moment. So that's always going to be my number one pay-per-view. With a tear in my in my eye. The greatest the moment, greatest of, my moment of my life. Not being a dad, not getting married 17 <laughs> times. That moment. That moment. <laughs> Come on now. Man, I used to, I used to, I, I had the, I bought that, um, that Royal Rumble anthology set. Yeah. And, uh, I used the, to hate it when they would be on there. Well, you are the king of a WW. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, little I am so out. glad. Yeah, I'm so image. glad. I'm yeah. so glad they don't have to do that anymore. Yeah. God. Mm. <laughs> All right, Frank D, what you got? So I know we originally talked about, but I'm switching it up. 
So, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I told you, there's so many, man. I got He's calling you. it in the ring. He's calling it in the yeah, ring. Exactly. So my number, my number five. I'm actually going to go with SummerSlam '98. I would have helped. Okay. That right there, that right there, that was that was a sad card there. Um, Undertaker versus Steve Austin, WWF Championship, The Rock and and Triple H ladder match, IC Championship. The Rock had to debut that cool ass new theme song he came out to. Um, yeah, that, that was '98. Was just '98. Was just that was a, that, a, that was Delo. That was D'Lo Valvinas too, which was an underrated opener. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 Then X Pac, Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hair match. You know, so hair match. Um, just the intrigue there of is Kane with Undertaker. You know, they just. It, I mean, it, that was just that was peak WWF. Like it really showed you that you know things had changed. So I'm going to go with that one. Um, I'm going to go with. Um, Let's see. I'm gonna go with Paul Brawl '96 War Games. Um, it was an important show for WCW. It was the Horsemen versus the NWO, but it was also Sting's coming out party. Basically, it was time for Sting to to, to change. He had gotten stale. They fooled me. They fooled me as a 12 year old. They got my ass. <laughs> I thought that was Sting. They got me. It looked like just it looked just like Sting. So hey, touche. WCW, you got me. Yeah. It's um, Giovanni too. Yeah, like 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 you in the beginning though, Mike. Like you in the beginning. In the beginning, I did not like the NWO. I was not a fan of the NWO until until I until that war game show that turned and you. That turned me when they beat the shot of Randy Savage, and they sprayed and they sprayed Elizabeth's dress. I was like, these dudes are fucking cool, man. So you can't do that to Liz. That's why I became. Uh, that's become that. That right there is why I became a fan of the NWO. It was right there. NWO. Okay, cool. That's these dudes cool. Then they, you know, did all of a sudden like you know, um, what did they 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 uh, busted up Lex Luger's his uh, his, his rental car on that WWE mm-hmm. Saturday night. So yep. that was cool shit. Um, let's see number three. I, I got to go with Halloween Havoc '97, and and ah. it's and it's and it's not because. It's not because of the Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio match. Best I'm match going with it ever. because of the the Las Vegas sudden death match between Diamond Dallas Page and Macho Man Randy Savage. Macho match. Man and DDP had a hell of a rivalry that year after Macho turned heel and joined the NWO at Super Brawl that year. And then he had the match with DDP at Spring Stampede and took the Diamond Cutter and put him basically yep. put him over. Yeah. So that was just... It was a good pay per view, and 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 people, the the Piper versus uh the Piper versus Hollywood Hogan cage match. It wasn't as bad as people wanted claim out to be. It wasn't. It was. It, it just was, came oh, after. It came after yeah. the Edgian Ray match. It came mm-hmm. and it and it couldn't top DDP and 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 uh and Page or DDP right. and Savage. It couldn't top that. It was pretty. It's, bad. it's a Hogan. It's a Hogan match. What do you expect? It's it's fucking Hogan and Piper. What do you expect? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's why I'm like. I'm not tripping about it. Macho Man went up to the top of that cage, and this crazy fucker jumped all the way down. Yes, he did. Like, could have booed his damn knees out and shit. You know what I'm saying? So I, right there, I'm gonna go with that one. Um, let's see, number two, I got to go with WrestleMania eight, the Who's Year Dome, Indianapolis, Indiana. Well, that's an uh, underrated one. That that yeah, is underrated. That 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 had the uh, one of the best matches I ever saw for the Intercontinental Championship: Roddy Roddy Piper versus Bret Hart. 
Absolutely. Macho Man versus Ric Flair. Okay. The main event. The main event. Then yeah. you had Sid versus Owen. So, but then you also had an, a hell of an opener, Shawn Michaels versus El Matador, Tino Santana. Yeah. That was yeah. a good match. It was you know a great match. Yeah. So then my number one. And it's the number one is going to be, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm like, where, where do I go with number one? Where, where, where am I going to go? Um, one of the shows that's near and dear to my heart, and it's one of the shows that I used to watch as a kid all the time, and I just thought it was a phenomenal pay-per-view. I'm going with SummerSlam 1990. Um, Rick Rude versus the Warrior, WWF nice. Championship, Steel Cage match, Demolition versus Hard Foundation, Two out of three falls. Um, the Rockers versus Power and Glory, even though Shawn Michaels had a busted knee, it was still yeah. a good match. Texas Tornado versus Mr. Perfect. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, I got it. That, that, that right there, that right there, that put the tornado on the fucking on the map. You can put Kerry Von Eric on the map. Because, I mean, yeah, he, he had did his shit in, in world class for everybody, everybody knew him, but in the WWF, that's what made him. Now, unfortunately, because of his situation, he couldn't carry the ball. But it was a good moment. It was. I think Vince was trying to recreate the moment with, that they did with Honky Talk Man. But if you with want to put Warrior. it into perspective with Warrior, yeah, yeah, oh, okay, try to re, try okay. to recreate that. But if you want to put another real quick, another honorable mention of an Intercontinental Championship match, I I got to go with SummerSlam '91. It's the best. Bret Hart versus Mr. Perfect. What a bad back. What a bad back. Curry yeah. had a bad back and was able, you, to, was able to pull that off. You that shit now and yeah. be like, yeah. what the fuck? It's my, it's my absolute <laughs> favorite match of all time. Yeah. I, without a doubt, it is my favorite match of all time. Oh, we might have to, you might have to come back for best top five matches. I can do that. do that. I'll come back you anytime. You, you mentioned, um, you mentioned Summertime all too. And I remember I used to watch, there was two matches that I used to watch with, with my sisters all the time, right? That they really liked. It was the Triple H versus Shine match. The, the when Shine came back, the, the yep. I think it was the street fight. Match. Street yeah, fight. street there fight. Wrestling and in the jeans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> them yeah. cowboy boots. Yeah, yeah. It was that one, and then the other one was the very first Hell in a Cell match between Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. Oh, okay. Not at SummerSlam 02. Uh, yeah, no, it was that Hell in a Cell in your house. Yeah. Uh, bad, bad uh, blood. Bad blood in your house. Bad there you blood. go. Yeah. yeah. Kane's debut. Yep. So those are two matches that we would watch on repeat all the time. But there's been yep. so many, dude. Like there, I mean, underrated, real quick, underrated War Games match. Um, the, the what was it? The Dangerous Alliance versus uh, Sting Squadron. Ninety two. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Great. WCW, yeah. Very Aust- underrated. Austin Zabisco, uh, Rude, and Anderson. I think what a team. Yeah. Was that the four? Austin Zabisco, Rude, and Anderson. Think? I think Austin that was no, that was a sick, I think sick so. match against Sting Squadron. Yeah, yeah, I think it, I think that was one. Yeah, Sting, so. Sting, Harlem Meat, and Sid. I want to say, yeah, that was yeah, a sick, that was a sick like, one. That was a sick yeah. one. Hmm. That one put worse, worse pay per views. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, shit, Starcade '97. Oh. <laughs> The the fast count that wasn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, was brutal. that was brutal. That was brutal. Yeah, that whole card. Was Starcade ninety eight. We don't we don't talk about ninety. Starcade ninety nine. Starcade two thousand. 
There is no staircase. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Which is so weird too, because that was like their self-professed like biggest event of the year, and pretty much after like '93, it sucked. Like uh, Halloween well, Havoc is better than it every year. Look at what. Well, so Eric Bischoff has said that their actual big show was Halloween Havoc. It was yeah. Starcade. Yeah. Starcade mm-hmm. was their their indie show, and and Starcade, um, yeah, Starcade 2000 was just that was just. Horrible, a horrible show. Uh, I've, that was I've, really I've blocked. The, that was the end. That was not in my main. That was the. That was yeah. the end. That was, was that when the they corner. did the big? Was that when they did the big reset? Like all the titles got vacated and all that stuff. No, that happened no. earlier in the year. Oh, yeah, that, that was earlier. Uh, okay, that was that. Yeah, the first you're talking about the Vince Russo Bischoff thing. That was yeah. around eight. That was April 2000. So okay. Um, but this arcade here, this was like with the natural born thrillers and shit. Oh, like, yeah. Rough. It happens. <laughs> yeah. It happens. So before we go to the, the top five, I'll give you my five real quick. So it's kind of the only one I had that was different from anybody's was, uh, well, you changed yours up, Frank. <laughs> I sure did. <laughs> uh, SummerSlam 02, uh, Stack Card, Royal Rome 92, pretty much the Hall of Famer card. Uh, Bash at the Beach 96, which had one of the best endings ever in the history of the business. Uh, Mania 19, specifically Rock Hogan did it for me for for that one. And then uh, Mania 17, probably the best Mania in my opinion. Wait, wait, wait. Rock Hogan was 18. 18. I mean, not Rock Hogan, Rock Stone Cold. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. That was the Rock Stone Cold 3. Rock Stone Cold, yeah. Yeah. The last one. Yeah. So. Yeah, honorable revenge. mentions. WrestleMania ten. WrestleMania ten's a great, great card. Uh yeah. Royal Rumble ninety for me, more for the undercard than the actual event. That was one perfect should have won that one. Hogan winning that made no sense whatsoever. Um double A W the first double or nothing almost made my top five. That was the first I, one that I was like know. actually branded AEW, right? Yeah, because yeah, they had all in, and yeah, yeah, that was a good one. That was a good one. Uh, I tell you what, it's I, I'm probably gonna get some flack for this, but I, <laughs> I love Tog Wild. I love the concept of like the the outdoor. You're event. not alone because I felt. Thank like you. That. Thank you. <laughs> I Bro, love. That I watch Tog Wild. I, I watch Tog Wild '96 all the time. Okay, and good. That that pay per view there. Especially with Harlem Heat out there, yes, that, that was yes, know, <laughs> yeah. That's so that, good. That, that was actually that was the bad card at all. I mean, you had Harlem Heat versus Signers, you had Rick Flair mm-hmm. versus Eddie Guerrero, yeah. You had Hall and Nash versus Sink and Luger, and that's when Nick Patrick, you know, Luger was trying to get Scott Hall for the the torture rack, and then and he hit know, him. Patrick, yeah, Patrick goes down <laughs> and then hits him again in the back of the leg. Yeah. Hogan versus Giant. I mean, in Hogan versus Giant was like a slow. Were really methodical kind of match, but it was telling the story of Hogan. You know, Hogan was getting cheered, y'all. He, he was, was. telling people, "Shut up!" Like he was trying. To, <laughs> he was trying to do the best. He was trying to do anything he could to be a bad guy. He, he even they were chanting. You could. They were chanting Hogan out there, right? Yeah. He's standing outside. He looks at the people. And he's like, "Are you stupid bastards? Just don't get it." <laughs> like because they didn't know they did. They didn't. These were not they, wrestling. It guys. wasn't a, yeah. no. They were, they were bikers. Yeah. 
Yeah. They were bikers, but they but they knew who Hulk Hogan was. That's right. right. They knew who Hogan was, and they liked they. I think they liked the look. It's, yeah. You know, the black, the black, you know, just for man beard. Oh. <laughs> they, they loved it. No, I, that's what Hogan Hogan said on on Jay Leno show. They said they asked him, "Why do you do the black beard?" Oh, just for man, brother. My just wife does. Yeah, Linda. Yeah, <laughs> his ex-wife. Yep, yep. I meant top five wrestlers of all time. This should be a fun one. Let's start with you, Frank D. What you got? Top five wrestlers of all time. I'm going to go with Gilbert. I'm going to go. Shut with, up. Uh, no, shut <laughs> up. <laughs> Just go Inferno. <laughs> oh shit. No. Um, so top five, dude. Like, I, I got to go. I got. I got to go. Number five is gonna be Scott Hall for me. S- Scott Hall, dude. Scott Hall just he just had the it, man. I mean, the dude had the size. He could work yep. in the ring. He got promo. The, I mean, the guy has swag before swag was even a word, bro. Like, you just look at look at the go go back and look at Scott Hall and WCW as a diamond stud. And and that's where it, it, he created that look. It was DDP yeah. who you know created that. So they could have won that lawsuit. But anyways, so <laughs> um, I, I gotta go Scott Hall number five. Uh, number four, uh, Macho Man Randy Savage, big mm. time. Randy Savage was always one of my favorites. Um, so much charisma. Just he just had the total it factor. So I, I'm gonna go with him. Number three, Bret the Hitman Hart for me. Um, Really big fan of Bret Hart. Always loved his work. Always made it look real. Um, just, just Bret had the, you know, Bret had it. You know, only thing, only thing Bret Hart was, in my opinion, was was kind of weak on was promos. Yeah, I think Bret mm. was always weak on his promos. And he'll tell you he was weak on his promos. You know what I'm saying? So, and he wasn't bad. Um, it just wasn't bad. He wasn't, bad. Great. He just, he he wasn't yeah, great. He didn't really. It, I don't know. If, I can't speak to say he didn't really care for him, but yeah. it was just like. I'd rather be wrestling than yeah. talking. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, number two, I am gonna have to go Ric Flair. Um, Ric Flair, you know, people say, Oh, Ric Flair had the same match every night. Well, it was entertaining, you know what I'm saying? Good match. And, and very he much always so. he always delivered in the ring, you know what I'm saying? So then my, my number one, you know, I'm I'm probably gonna get a lot of heat for this, but I don't really give a shit. I'm gonna go Hulk Hogan. Because Hogan was the Biggest star in the business. If it wasn't for Hogan, it wouldn't have got the exposure that it did. And somebody, the, Hogan was in the right for, place at the right time for that spot. Nobody in this industry, in my opinion, could have took that spot. Just like with the NWO angle, nobody else could have pulled that off. There was, you know, oh, we'll send Sting, but Sting wouldn't work. It wouldn't have the same effect. I was just watching that show yesterday just to watch back and just look at the crowd. At Bastion Beach '96, in that main event, yeah. when Hogan comes out there, and they think that he's coming out there to save him. Even the police officers are out there thinking, like, "Oh shit, it's Hulk Hogan. He's going to come out there and save him." No, he does the exact opposite of that. He so, broke your fucking heart. He, yeah, he did. Sports. He broke your fucking heart. Oh, ten thousand. <laughs> we 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 got ten thousand calls to, to TNN or the CNN Center because of this this shit here. You know, you made my kids cry, assholes. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna go that route, man. Like. You won't, you won't, you're never going to see Shawn Michaels on my list. You ain't never going to see, yeah. Yeah, so a bunch of people that you would think would be on my list are not going to be on my list. Now, if we were doing top 10, maybe. But top I, five? I get it. Yeah, I'm Fair enough. I get yeah. it. All right, Mike, what you got? 
All right. Well, it's I need to preface this by saying this is I if you're talking most important wrestlers, sure, you can put Hogan on that list. But just like Shawn Michaels will never be on your top five, uh, Hulk Hogan will never be on my top 500 because fuck Hulk Hogan. But my list personally, I start I by say, I start by saying you got to separate the art from the artist. Some people can do it. Some people can't. I can. My number five is Chris Benoit. I think Chris Benoit was the best in-ring wrestler of all time. Uh, I loved it. Fair. (laughs) I'm not going to argue it. I'm not going to argue it. Uh, Let me just say, that is a bold fucking choice. I know. I'm not mad at it. That's I, you know, it's I, I gotta be honest with myself. Like I, I, of course I hate what he did. I will never forgive it. I, I don't justify it. I just be, Oh, the brain damage. And stuff. Yeah, sure. But a lot of other ones had brain damage. They didn't kill their wife and kids. Uh, so like, I'm not going to justify that, but if I just, if I want to be entertained, I'm putting on a Chris Benoit match. So he's my number five. Uh, number four is Ric Flair. It's I'm again, you talk about that it factor. You talk about I the, to me, promos are so important. And Ric Flair is among the very best at it. Uh, number three is Shawn Michaels, the heartbreak kid. That was uh, uh, when I was like 10 year old me was uh, more than a little obsessed with Shawn Michaels. I had my room with Shawn Michaels. I had the little biker hat and the heart sunglasses and the whole nine yards, Shawn Michaels and just, you know, Mr. WrestleMania again, put on any Shawn Michaels match. You're going to be entertained. Uh, Number two, Macho Man, Randy Savage, uh, best promo in the biz. I think even better than flair. Uh, He was so entertaining, so creative, so quick on his feet. And then you, you can look at a lot of people do an elbow drop and it all kind of looks the same. And then you watch Randy Savage do an elbow drop and it's, whole other world man like i could watch randy savage do elbow drops all day and all night but my number one my personal favorite wrestler of all time uh i think mainly because he does not get the respect or credit he deserves is mr perfect kurt hennig i loved kurt hennig uh he was always one he was the first heel that i really loved as a as a fan like a little kid little kid loving mr perfect hated that hulk hogan threw him out at royal rumble 1990 and then that SummerSlam 91 match man I, of course there's two people in that ring i'm not taking anything away from bret hart but dude went into that match knowing he needed surgery on his back that was probably that very well could have put him out for life and he sold. He was no one was better at getting their ass kicked than Mr. Perfect. And I think you have to respect that in this business because he very rarely went over, but he always got over and he always got you over. And I think he was an underrated promo. He didn't talk a lot. He didn't have the five minute monologues in the ring, but he was concise. He was good. You believed him. And it was just one of those guys, whether you loved him or you loved to hate him. Love is still in there, and I love me some Mr. Perfect, man. And that, and you talk about breaking your heart and NWO 97 fall brawl when he slammed that cage on Ric Flair's head. Talk about conflicted. That's, I mean, yeah, I, I hate the NWO, but I love Mr. Perfect. What do I do, man? Like, that was, uh, that was like the moment in my wrestling life that gave me the most heartache. So, uh, he's my number one, dude. You know what's funny about that um, is that they believe, and, and I don't believe this, but some people believe that was the night that WWE like killed Winston Salem. They killed the town. They say and that it's I, bullshit. I, I don't. I don't believe that. There was no, so much heat either. with. There was so much heat with that. And, and the fact is, okay. So if you follow the story at the time with with Kurt Henning and, and Ric Flair, 
they had been enemies in the WWF. The, the Rick, yeah. Rick Flair's last match in the WWF was against. So why would you think that Kurt's going to come to WCW and not be a part of the NWO? Because Rick Flair right is a horrible judge of character. Rick Flair is he a was. horrible judge of character. <laughs> he was. So why would you not think that the guy was tag team partners with Scott Hall in the in the AWA? So why would you not think that he's not going to be affiliated with Scott? The NWO, for the most part, were all former WWF guys. So why wouldn't Kurt Kurt Henning fit in that? Especially and, at that time. Especially yeah. at that time. You yeah, know what right. I'm saying? But then Kurt, you know, and real quick on Kurt, even after the NWO. Kurt had another run with the West Texas Rednecks. West Texas I Rednecks. I enjoy. It gave Barry Windham another another shot in the arm. Yeah. I was always big. Barry Windham is another honorable mention for me. I was always a big Barry Windham fan. I love his fucking. His, his I love, love his his work. Matches. Yeah, I love yeah. his work. Those oh, early yeah. Clash of the Champions. Windham had some bangers on those early Clash of the Champions. Oh yeah. Oh hell yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. All right. So my top five. I'm going to start with uh, Eddie Guerrero. Probably one of the most Legit. fluid wrestlers I've ever seen in my life. I think one of the reasons that got me into him, uh, my cousin was a tape trader, and I forget who it was, but it was him and Bart Starr. It was the only tag team match I'd ever seen with him and Bart Starr on. I've never seen it again anywhere else. But him and Bart Starr did a match, and Bart Starr, I thought his frog splash was way better. You mean Art Bar? I mean Art Bar. Art yeah. Bar. <laughs> Art Bar, my bad. Bar star, Art bar, <laughs> but yeah, I thought his frog splash was way better. But I got into him there. But um, Eddie Guerrero at number five, Rock at number four, uh, just because in my teenage years, like it caught on. We all want to be the Rock, bro. Yep. Yeah, he yeah. Is definition of cool. Yep. The Rock yep. says, "The Rock's gonna to smack down on your candy ass." Yep. I got detention for telling my teacher it didn't matter what she said. But that's a... You know what I got detention for? Suck I, it. I told the teacher. I told yeah. I told my hey you. Suck it. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> At number three, I have uh, because I'm from Louisiana, and this is probably the most famous wrestler ever from Louisiana to me. Uh, Junkyard Dog. Is that oh, yeah. Nice. Um, number two, for the same reason you had him at number five, I have him at number two. A lot of people don't realize how influential Scott Hall is to the wrestling industry, how many people he's actually impacted in the business. To the fact that when we had, we had Ahmed Johnson on here uh, a couple weeks ago, and he spoke about how Scott all helped him. And that was him. Gave Sting the Crow idea. Gave Hogan the idea to, to switch over to NWO. Like, he's his hands are on history. So for that, and just the fact that he was so cool, and there's a picture of him in the hood, in Miami, solo dolo, chilling like a motherfucker. I want to put him number one. <laughs> <laughs> like, I really do. But uh, Macho is my number one. And that's just because also as a kid, um, the, the Macho Man was like, this is just like, this goes back to me in my grandmother's house on the arm of the couch, pillow on the floor, 
mimicking the fucking elbow, bro. Like yep. <laughs> we all did. Yeah. I used to jump. I used to jump off fucking at school. Just jump off the fucking whatever it is. And jump on the goddamn concrete. Like what are you fucking doing, dude? Seeing <laughs> the macho man. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, that that's my top five. It's a good top five. So, any, that story any, is that, that story is funny as hell though. That one's you talk about Macho real quick. That story was Scott Hall said about Macho with the boots. <laughs> he said so. Scott Hall comes in one day. He says, uh, "Hey Mach, you know those pretty nice boots you got on. What, what do you mean by that? Like just like paranoid as fuck. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like what the? Like they're nice. They're, I mean they're nice oh, boots. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What do you mean by that? He said. And then the other one at the bar. It's not fair. <laughs> what's not what's what's not fair? It's not fair. It's not fair that you and Nash get all the pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Long live right. Macho. Long live Macho. <laughs> he is living. We gonna you know, stab it to a slam jam, brother. Yep. Dig it. Oh yeah. To this Ooh, day, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Slim Jim is synonymous with Macho Man. Yep. To this day. To this yep. day, LA Knight's yep. trying. He uh, will never. LA Knight will never. Respectfully, yeah. <laughs> you will never. We just had. We just talked about this on the last show too. I don't get. I don't get LA Knight. I don't get it. Oh, I get it. I I, I love don't. LA Knight. I'm I I I didn't I, I didn't know him in Impact. I I didn't follow Impact. So like I didn't know Eli Drake and all that stuff. But as soon as he was doing that angle with Cameron Grimes for the million dollar title, I was like. I I was on board. I was on board from there, and I I'm staying on board. I don't know. And being yeah. in and being in there at SummerSlam, I tell you, loudest pop of the night. It was. Well, that's that's like we I I didn't get it at at all either. But we were at the Royal Rumble. It started there, where like the fans were just like, yeah. I was like, yeah. what the fuck are they like? <laughs> I'm like, what are they doing? Like at the Royal Rumble, and this is all show, and I'm like. People are fucking stupid. <laughs> it's, the, it's the new woo. Yeah, you know, you just... but it caught on. I'm like, that's crazy. Yep. Yeah. He's over, man. Song goes. Yeah. I'll think the song goes too awesome. If I want to watch song code, I'll watch. You know, I watch the network. I don't see. I don't. I don't get. Like, I don't think. I mean, I. Personally, I don't think he's doing that much ripping off of the attitude there. I mean, is the influence you can see is there, but I. I, I don't know. I I think he's I, I think he's got enough uniqueness about him that keeps him his own entity. I uh, think he is, but I think he took it and make it made it his own. Yeah, that, that's just me. Yeah, okay. well, you know, good artists create, great artists steal. So I, 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 I think I think one of the biggest issues I have with, and it's not, and maybe maybe this is my problem with Ellie Knight, and this is a big problem with me with a lot of people. <laughs> not like his fucking music. Oh, this I did. This dude needs another song. I don't like the name L.A. Knight. What the fuck is that supposed to mean anyway? Well, that's not if his I, if choice. I, if I go there, if I'm going to be, am I going to be the Dark Knight? You know what I mean, <laughs> like, I guess I have choice, but it's like, dude, put a little bit of, of creative input on there. Like, you know, can I do something else? Can I do? Well, it know, was Max Dupree. It's better than Max Dupree. You got to admit that. L.A. Knight's better than Max Dupree. It's going to be called Max Knight shit. <laughs> <laughs> LA Mace. Well, they, yeah, they they named somebody Mace, so and they were gonna name uh 
What was that name? They were going to do Stone Cold something about ice. Like Frosty ice. McFreeze Frosty or McFreeze, whatever. Yeah. Or, you know, Frosty McFinger Bang or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> that would have went over well. You would have put it over. I know, Jeff. I know that Dark Knight's taking by a bat. I know that. <laughs> All right, man. So let's get into let's get into the last segment of the night. We had uh we, we're gonna bring back our back in the day segment. And uh tonight we're gonna be reacting to Oh yeah, real quick, real quick. Right. So everybody who's listening right now, if you're listening <laughs> to the audio version of this show on Spotify, you will not hear Back in the day. <laughs> we do not play the back in the day segment on the audio version of the show due to copyrights from World Wrestling Entertainment. The only way you're going to see that is you have to be a part of the Patreon. So yep. join the Patreon of the DFPN for $3. You get to watch what we watch. You dig it? Dig it. Go ahead. All right, cool. <laughs> so here we go. We're going to. Uh, last gonna... time we did that, I was listening to the show. And the shit, like, I'm, I'm listening to the show, and it's like, oh, we got a new segment. I'm listening to it. I'm like, you skip right over. I'm like, what the fuck? What happened? did you do? Like, exactly. I, and I buddy, as soon now. as I put that shit up, it was, <laughs> it was like the heavens opened, and God himself was like, you better take that shit down for WWE get show ass. <laughs> this is a warning. Right. Consider it. That was one great. The, that was Saturday the, morning. That was Saturday yes. morning, WWF. Yes. Yeah. Dude, but we're but we're we're missing the whole thing though because the lead up to this was actually so when Jake turned heel, right? Remember he was doing that shit with the Ultimate Warrior, mm-hmm. yeah. And then Warrior got fired, and then like then Jake turned his attention to Randy Savage, yeah. And he, so that's when he teamed up with Taker, and that yeah. happened at uh, Summer Sub ninety one. But then that's one of the most um, underrated feuds too. Macho Man Jake Roberts, yeah, um, yeah. That Tuesday in Texas. And say they sold the pay- they sold the pay per view on it, two days yeah. notice. Yep, yep. Well, they knew what the hell they were doing. Oh yeah, <laughs> I was yes, watching yeah. that particular segment at my grandmother's house. My grandmother's deathly afraid of snakes, bro. She was like, <laughs> she screamed her head off. What are you? Turn the channel. Hell no. <laughs> I think that segment hey, made fun- me afraid of snakes. You know what's even funnier is that Jake. You know Jake was good here, right? But Jake got more creepy and, and demented and more evil when he got to WCW. Oh, yeah. 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 With his run with Sting. Yeah. 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 I wish he would have lasted longer than what it was, but, you know, Jake had yeah. his, his issues with Bill Watts. So a lot of people had their issues with Bill Watts. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. That, that's not especially. on Jake. Yeah. 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 So that yeah, was no. awesome. That's yeah. that's legendary. Like I said, that was uh, we were talking about before we got on the air. That was uh, that I was four when that happened, and that was almost the end of wrestling in the Mueller house because my mom saw that and she's like, "Nope, no, nah. let's find Power Rangers or something." Like that's we're not doing this. And I pleaded with her, "Come on, I gotta find out what happens." And yeah, nah, nah I want her over. But... He's dead, bro. Yeah. <laughs> he, he died. Yep. <laughs> Man, that was awesome. Talking about tears, bro. Like it killed him. It killed him. <laughs> oh, the kids crying, man. It's yeah. great. It killed him. That was yeah. not supposed to happen. <laughs> yes. Which is kind of one of the first like breaking kayfabe sort of teasers in there, and saying yeah. this is not supposed to happen. Well, nothing's supposed to happen, is it, Vince? No, but 
Yeah, that that was that's a that's one of those angles that I feel like does not get enough credit uh, as far as like legendary moments in the yeah. history of wrestling and really pushing the envelope in a way that you hadn't seen done before. I think that one of the one of the other segments that really pushed the envelope that you really had never saw before, um, and it and it did its purpose like and it just made you feel real weird after it. It was the segment during the funeral part when the ultimate warrior got locked in the casket by the undertaker. Mm, yeah. And they were trying to, trying to get him out. Trying to shit. open it. And, yeah. Yeah. But the thing about it is Bruce Pritchard says, yeah, so they didn't really like warrior all that much. So they were taking a sweet ass time. And he's, <laughs> you know, when, he's, when he's beating them with the, uh, when he's beating the casket with the sledgehammer, you know, he's putting some extra punch in things. They just did not like warrior. Yeah. Let him, so let him stay in there no a little while longer. Exactly. There were no rush to take him out. Yeah. Fucked up. But real quick, <laughs> going back, going, going back to to what you were saying earlier, you know, Mike about Hogan in the Rumble. Yeah. You know, a lot of people don't know, but Hogan actually was kind of tired at that point of like that's why they went with Warrior that year because Hogan yeah. wanted to be Hogan wanted to be done like being on top because if you remember that year, the whole point of him winning, winning the Rumble was that. That little interaction you had with the Ultimate Warrior during that match. Yeah, but he didn't. They were never gonna. They were never gonna give it the perfect. It just wasn't gonna happen. Can but I? There, there can I so make my case? Should have been in a second. <laughs> there were so many people that should have been a WWF champion that never got the WWF championship. You know, mm. one one of them was Mr. Perfect. Sure. Another one was the Million Dollar Man. Ted DiBiase should have been the WWF champion. Why that never happened, I don't know why it never happened. You know what I mean? So. All right, so here's my thing, and I don't. I here's why Perfect should have won that Rumble. Okay. One, uh, so if you look back at the '89 Rumble, you had the Hogan Savage interaction in there that led perfectly to their WrestleMania match. Hogan didn't win that Rumble. That was fine. So having Hogan and Warrior have that, you could you still have that moment in there, absolutely. But I think you have Perfect win that Rumble for a few reasons. One, at that point, Perfect was still undefeated, and this didn't technically end his undefeated streak, but more importantly, from a business standpoint, Hogan and Perfect were going around the bend at the house shows, main eventing house shows. Mm-hmm. And if I'm buying, if I, if you want to intrigue me into buying a ticket to a house show, why on earth would I think that Mr. Perfect would have a chance in hell against Hulk Hogan when Perfect comes in at number 30, still loses to Hogan, now he's going to go beat him in a house show? No way. I want to see Hogan get his revenge on Mr. Perfect, sell some tickets for the house show, have Perfect lose to Brutus the fucking Barber Beefcake anyway at WrestleMania 6, and it can also go the same way. But to me, I thought it was a huge mistake to not capitalize on the momentum that you had. Perfect was the biggest heel in the business at the time, and it wasn't for a long time. But that early 1990, that was the best time for Mr. Perfect. Don't forget, he he had the genius beat Hulk Hogan on Saturday night's main event by countout, and they smashed the belt. You had good stuff going. But to me, that was Hogan getting his revenge on Perfect for the belt smashing, for all that stuff. So now I don't yeah. need to go see him on the house show. Yeah, but, but here's the thing. Hogan, what, the way Bruce Pritchard always says it. Hogan must pose. Hogan must pose. But it, he, wasn't Hogan's, it wasn't Hogan's idea. No, 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 and I'm not blaming Hogan for this. I'm kind of blaming Hogan for this. But why can't, (laughs) why can't, with the help of the genius, Mr. Perfect eliminate Hulk Hogan in some bullshit way? Mr. Perfect wins. Hogan gets right back in, beats the crap out of him, throws him out, and then poses. 
Like it, you, you could still get everything you want out of Hogan must pose all that stuff, but it's to, to me, you, you killed that house show circuit and the numbers don't lie. Numbers were down. That, those were some of the worst numbers that Hogan ever did on the house show loop. And yeah, and he was getting tired and people were getting a little tired of him it, kind of by that point. But that to me was just a missed opportunity. And then it would have made uh, Beefcake's victory over him that much more impressive because that would have been the first time Perfect had lost on TV in any capacity. So to me, you you killed it for Hogan to win a meaningless Rumble. He did not need to win that Rumble to go to WrestleMania. That was not a stipulation in 1990. There was, there was no... Yeah, true. There was no I don't think they to took it. the Royal Rumble. I, that's 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 all point but of it. It was I, still I get, I it was still a saying. fairly it was still a fairly new concept at that time. Yeah, yeah. I don't think the, the Rumble the, the the Rumble wasn't the, the Rumble wasn't really important. The Rumble didn't get important until the ninety two Rumble when Agreed. you had stakes. Right. So that's so. so right. I, I get your point. I get your point there yeah. about about Mr. Purpose should have went over. But at, this, at the same time, I, I get from a business standpoint. Okay, fuck the house goes for a minute. We're building to Hogan versus the Ultimate Warrior. That's that's where we're going. That's so, the money. That's the money. I, I yeah. get that whole thing, and, and but Kurt is just Kurt's a mid card player here. Hogan is your biggest star. The other big star is the Ultimate Warrior. That's who you're going with. So honestly, if if things had been turned a different way, right? If 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 this is what I would have done, I would have had Macho Man Ring of Savage go babyface. You could have feuded Macho Man with Mr. Perfect. I think that would have been a better match for That's what I would have done. If if yeah. but Macho Man had just, you know, he was already into his heel run at that at that point. But I would have done that. Because I always wanted to see like what would that have been? Macho versus a Kurt Hennig, you know, yeah. in, in that in that time frame. So that's what I would have been. But I get you know, I get it. Hogan, um I just I just look at it from from a numbers point of view. And just look at where they were going with WrestleMania six and the fact that Hogan wanted to be out for a few, uh, and and they had to bring him back because Warriors just couldn't. Like, damn, Vince, you know, you promised me, brother, that you can this dude was going to get over. I did everything I could to to get him over. We practiced the match with with Warrior. You know, Pat Harrison produced it. We practiced. We practiced. This guy just didn't have it, so they had to keep going back to Hogan. They had to keep going back, and somebody could. I mean, shit, dude. Like, well, at that time too, it wasn't really. They weren't really giving the heel the the belt at that time. No, and that, that's the thing. Like the, Vince, Vince, the the way it was the WWF, the New York territory was always the babyface territory. Right. So you rarely saw the heels go over like that. So the the and I get I get what you're saying. The the whole thing of Mr. Perfect beating him and then Hogan coming back and Hogan must post. It's not the same as people want to see Hogan win because you want to give you want to be you want the fans to go home happy and that's what they attempted to do. It's setting the fans on happy because it was a babyface territory. And I just, you know, I think people at the time just didn't see Mr. Perfect on that level. Even though he's working house shows with Hogan, this wasn't on that level. I think this could have put him on that level, personally. I don't he's not gonna so, he's but... not gonna get on that level if you don't get him over. I, like I said he's that. always been over. I don't think so because at the at the same time, how many people were actually going to the house shows? I mean, the business was going down at that point, anyways. You know, the wrestling business, business is always, it's, yeah, it's always the you know, wrestling business is cyclical like that. They it it's, has its highs and has its lows. Hogan, that was just it, it's just the business was down. I mean, I listened to Bruce Pritchard's you know podcast when it was actually a good podcast. To listen to the business was down. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, 
I don't know. House shows are always much more fun, anyways. So they are. If you you yeah. could have had Mr. Perfect beat Hogan in a DQ on house shows, and I think he did again. a couple times, but yeah, yeah. yeah. And I don't, you know, I don't know. And I, you know, I mean, I think, and I don't, I don't really think, honestly, I don't think Kurt really cared about any of that shit. It's all business. Kurt was making a lot of money even working. Anybody who worked with Hogan would go on. on yeah, the, you get. There was plenty yeah. of dudes You're that, money. that wanted. To, yeah, you wanted to do that loop with Hogan. You're making money. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I think you know. Yeah, but but definitely you want to want to put it in there, Kurt. Kurt should have been WWE champion. Kurt had all the tools to be the champion. Why that never happened, I don't know. Why it never happened with DBIC, I don't know. Well, I kind of do know with DBIC. That happened, that that happened with my boy the Honky Talk Man. That's where that happened. Oh. So, <laughs> yeah, Honky Talk Man, that one to put over Macho Man in that uh, Saturday Night's Main event. That kind of screwed DBIC because then they made the tournament. And yeah, it's all downhill from there. All yeah. downhill from there. Yep. Well, real right, quick, Mike, I got I got to ask you real quick. Go ahead. Yeah. So earlier, when I was talking about SummerSlam '90, and I brought up the Texas tornado, <laughs> so why you gotta bring that back so, up? Yeah. <laughs> so, so I, I take it. I take you like the outcome. No, not even a little bit. Uh, look, it's it's. I mean, it's it's perfect. He's my number one for a reason. I got nothing against Kerry Von Eric. I Texas yeah. tornado. That's fine, but it was. I just it's a it's a short match. It's not a good match, and it just it wasn't. I don't know, man. I just uh, perfect perfect losing to Bret Hart, SummerSlam '91. Totally fine. Totally cool. Even not not not, no, not, not, not Texas. Not tornado, tornado man. No, but and I it, don't. But and I, it didn't make the it. original person. Tornado, tornado was the original opponent for Perfect. And it was supposed to be Beefcake, uh, which yeah. I, that that wouldn't sit any better with me. But right. it's you know it just it's he's I don't know. I don't know. It, tornado, I that was. Well, they couldn't call him a modern day warrior because Vince had the ultimate warrior. You yeah, know, they was, wanted to. That was one of the things. Yeah. And he had his little yeah, castles and whatever. Yeah. But <laughs> well, you only got those on because of the prosthetic foot. Yeah. Yeah. Which, but how does that not be a story? Like that is money. That story it, is after money. After the fact, but. He didn't. Well, let nobody knew. No. Yeah. Nobody exactly. knew. Yeah. Like Fritz, Fritz, Fritz announced it after Kerry's death that yeah. he had a prosthetic foot. You know, and that's and that's really I like. Yeah. I don't know. You remember that match he had with Jerry Waller? Yeah. Where, when they got all all bloody and uh, it was AWA. I think it was Super Clash or some shit. Oh yeah. Kerry, oh my god. Kerry, I forgot about that match. Yeah. 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 And that's the, before the injury. Because they say when the injury happened with Kerry, that's when Kerry went downhill as far as like the drugs and shit. It was a, it was a damn injury. Sure. So. Yeah. That sucks, man. It's a rough one. Yeah. So real quick, Mike. So what did you think about Kurtz um, when he came back in 2002 to the WWF? What did you think about Oh, at the, at the Rumble? I loved it. Yeah. I loved the spot at the Rumble. I mean, he didn't do that much after that. But I mean, you know, he had a match with Stone Cold. He had some. He had some moments. Uh, I just was so impressed that he came back and looked as good as he did, because you yeah. know those those end days in, in WCW were were starting to get a little rough. You know his mobility not nearly there, and to see him put on that performance that he did in two was just fantastic. It was perfect. Uh, you know, he's you know he's just one of those guys. And my favorite uh, Mr. Perfect story is that yeah. you know he, he does the the spit out the gum and and hit it. Vince was very adamant that he not do that on live shows like pay-per-views and stuff like that because if he does it and he misses he's not perfect. 
Perfect did it every time. Never cared and always hit it. There's not one clip of Perfect missing that gum. And I think that just said, I mean, the dude was what he said he was. He was perfect. And I, I don't know. I love him. I, I love yeah, him. He, he, he missed it a couple of times in WCW, but in WCW. does, but he wasn't Mr. Perfect, but he wasn't Mr. Perfect yeah. in WCW. I got so you. I got miss. you. So the, only thing, the, the, the only Too thing shit. I will say about that, that, uh, that match you have a song from, cause I, I remember that night is, and this is what I would have done. And it would have worked out perfect because it's history there. I would have had perfect rejoining NWO that night when that happened. Because he had the NWO were backstage with Kurt, and they had a little backstage interaction there. I would have done that. That would have mm-hmm. instantly put another member in the NWO. Because at this point, Hogan, obviously Hogan was up in age, so but but Hogan could still kind of go. Right. Scott Hall could still kind of go, but you need another guy there that could be that worker that can go, and yeah. Kurt could have been that guy. So I think they really missed the ball there with Kurt. Kurt missed perfect back with the NWO. Because, I mean, they even put the big show back in the group at one point. You know right. I mean? so, yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, that's, you know. I would have liked that. That would have that been nice. That would have been good. Yeah. Yeah. Was not sure. a fan of that iteration of the NWO. I don't think anyone really was. <laughs> <It's>, you know. <laughs> not at all. All right, man. Final thoughts. What we got? I'll let I you take know. it. Final, yeah. Final, final thoughts is, hey, um, uh, Jeff is out there in the comments. So, uh, Jeff, I don't know, sir, if you saw Ahsoka yet or not. Um, wasn't one of my favorite episodes. So that's what? that's my final thoughts. Yeah, I don't take. I was I, I wasn't I wasn't a fan of it. Okay, we got to wait till Monday for this one. Yeah, probably. Well, that's a I hot take. Shit, I, I got some shit to say. Nah, nah, I I kind of agree with you actually. It was like meh. Yeah, actually, I for what it was, it should have been better. But yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's not going to top episode five with with uh, Anakin Skywalker. So, but no, no. This is all going way over my head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're talking. We're talking Star Wars. Star Wars. Oh, okay. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. Talking Star Wars. So sometimes it flies over. You know, sometimes you know, you know, we'll razz his ass or whatever. You know. <laughs> For my money, it, it was math, but I yeah. Uh, my fi- my final thought uh, to bring it back full circle, I think uh, this WrestleMania you got Jade Cargill on the top of the card for the women by next Ooh. year's WrestleMania. I agree. I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. You'll get. There. I need to. I need to see. I need to see what our first couple months looks like, and then. I'll be able to because I'm not I'm not pegging her to be at the top of the card just yet. Maybe next year, dominant run, top of the card this year. It's too soon for me to say that. We're in September. That's that's fast track. That's super fast track. It is, but I mean she can win that rumble. There's a lot of things you can do with her. I think too though, it's I think they want her to be at that level because they want to be able to say, Hey, not happy in AEW. Not going where you think you're going. Here's look a WrestleMania. Ha- look what's happening over here. Look what's happening I, over here. With that's a people. great fucking bargaining chip. I like I'm, that idea. I'm predicting right now, Jay Cargo is going to win the Women's Royal Rumble. Double. I'll double down on that. And I'm going to tell you why. Because you say the fast track, Warrior beat Honky Talk Man in August at SummerSlam. 
by fucking April, March, April of 1990, he was wrestling Hogan for the WWF Championship. But that was champ. But that was a year and a half because that was SummerSlam '88. Oh, you're right. 90. So that was a year and a half. There you go. Yep, that was a year and a half. But '89 SummerSlam, he regained the belt from Rick Rude. Yes, he did. He's wrestling, and he's wrestling. So basically, you got another shot here, and he's wrestling Hogan at WrestleMania six. So it's kind of like they stopped the push and then restarted the push again for the war. Yeah. So yeah. that could happen with Jade. And then on top of that, I think it is a situation where, too, you're going to look because 2024 is a big year because a lot of people's contracts coming a up. A lot of contracts. You're like, we're going to put this person over. So because we want all these AEW people over here who might be kind of skittish about what's going on. Look what we did over here with Jay Cargill. Look what we did with Cody. Look what we're doing with CM Punk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Survivor Series people, yeah. Chicago. <laughs> yeah. They be fools not to. Oh, you have to. You have to. I think they should. I don't think they will, but I think they should. I I'm not. I'm not so sure they they won't. I think they might. I hope they do. I'm. I'm. I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of seeing Jay Cargill in WWE. Was something I didn't think I that wasn't on the bingo card this year. No, it was not. So CM Punk is definitely now in the realm of possibility. Punk said his schedule is going to be changing in a couple months. That's what he said. Exactly. I'm here that's for in it. The, that's that's definitely in the realm of possibility. And I can't wait. Give this dude a live mic pipe bomb 2.0. <laughs> oh man! In Chicago. In Chicago. Uh yeah. Good yeah. stuff, man. Good stuff. Great Absolutely. stuff. All right. My final thoughts is uh BCP is actually up right now. They're doing their Wrestle Dream predictions. So once we get off here, I'm gonna I head don't like, over. I don't like the name of that pay-per-view, dude. It's, it's like a, a wet it's, dream. It's a uh yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. AW wet dream. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's it's for Inoki. So I get it. I, I understand. I just don't like the name. Yeah. I don't know unless it's I don't, it's not all dream. How come they, how come they couldn't steal any more WWE names like they did Bash the Beach, you know, a few years ago? Why, why can't they steal one of those? You know why? Cody's back. <laughs> <laughs> Cody's back you home. You know, man. you know, I, I, you know, I still cannot believe that WWE does not have the rights, and that's one of the reasons why this show's not on the network. They don't have the rights to superstars wrestling. It's fucking crazy. Really? Nope. Yeah, they don't have it. An independent promoter has superstars wrestling. That's why that show is not on the network. No, because they can't. Yeah, that's why if you watch any of the old stuff, I thought like, that was um, weird. Prime time, they yeah. blur out of wrestling. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. No kidding. I learned. You yeah. learned me something today. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I kind of know things. There you go. <laughs> But yeah, man, so head on over to BCP, uh, tap in with them before they get off the air, get your picks in. Um, For any other promotion out there that is listening, because twice in one week, I've heard stuff that was said on No Gimmicks make their way out into the the bigger platform. Yeah, isn't that fucking crazy how that happens? (laughs) So if you are listening to No Gimmicks, please give us our props when you are saying the shit you say. Just Please. a little credit. Just a little yes. credit. J- y'all ain't even got just say, hey, we heard this on a small platform. I know it was us. 
Yeah, when you have word for word, what the fuck we're talking about? <laughs> just say it. Just say it. Just let us know you're listening. Jeez. Well, let me give a small plug here. So this coming Monday night, the United States Department of Nerds, um, I'm probably going to be on that show again. Um, we're going to talk about it. So we're going to do our Star Wars thing on there. You know, I'm going to smack down on their candy asses like I always do. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll do that. So if you have, uh, if you join a Patreon for $3, you know, that'll get you in, tap in with us and, uh, we'll, we'll do our thing. Also, like I said, we just, we just reacted to the, uh, back in the day segment with Jake the Snake Roberts and the snake with the Macho Man Ring Savage. You will not hear that on the audio version of the show. So it's going to be some, some crazy editing doing here, but you won't hear it. Because I didn't hear it when we first did it. I'm like listening, but waiting for it. Oh, that was a good shit. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> is something wrong with my ears here? Like, what, what is going on here? Nah, like, you got me. And I, and I hit you up right then and there, too. I sent you a hot message. I know. <laughs> gotta, gotta, stop, gotta stop the bills, man. <laughs> <laughs> stop the bills. <laughs> All right, man. Nobody got, nobody else got anything else? I'm gonna I'm gonna put myself over. I'm just gonna Go say uh, if you're not if you're not uh, checking me out already, uh, Sweet Chin Musings. Me and my boy Luke do a little bit of everything. Mainly talk about the current product, but we do old school stuff and all that stuff too. I am also a uh, a proud sponsor of BCP Plus. And uh, if you're a football fan, I do uh, weekly recaps for the Raiders on the BCP Plus. It is a rough start to the year, but I try to make it as entertaining as possible. Uh, so if you liked me on here, give me a follow. Facebook, Switch and Musings. You can find it on all the podcast platforms. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for your time, man. Oh, this thank was, you, uh, man. This was a blast. Yeah, this was fun. We got it. Yeah. You definitely you have an invite here whenever. Anytime. Um, Anytime. If, if you're ever looking for some company on your show, like let us know, man. For sure. For let sure, dude. Know. Absolutely. Yeah, man. yeah, we'll collaborate. We'll have for our sure. own we'll have our own forbidden door, you know. <laughs> for sure, for sure. There you go. <laughs> there are no right. forbidden doors here. None. That's right. Oh open board. No, I, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> careful <laughs> careful who you let in. i shouldn't say yeah. that. i shouldn't say that at all <laughs> yeah watch yourself on that one yeah i i know i know but for everybody else man thank y'all for tuning in to the no gimmicks podcast here on the dfpn until next time you guys be easy and as always enjoy the fucking wrestling peace <laughs>